This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, doing everyone? Thanks for being back for another video so early in the season. Here we are for our fourth one back of the year. We're going to be going through the Knights, the Titans, the Dragons, and also the Eels in terms of the interesting you know, potential players that we might want to be thinking about picking in our squads. Um, we're just getting a bit of a feel as to the types of guys that I personally am interested in, um, thinking about, seeing, you know, watching what's going to happen in the trials, uh, what type of role they have. You know, a lot of these guys, it's you know they're new to a certain team. Maybe they've only spent a little bit of time at this squad. Someone like Jake Clifford, uh, or they you know, had an injury affected year or something like that. Just giving them a, a little bit of upside on their price, and that's what we're looking at. The start of the season is, is a base is based around that upside um, and their potential to you know, increase improve their play in general, or just have a better opportunity. So to start off with, we got the Knights and, and Pong is the the quick and easy one there. At six hundred k, he's you know way way cheaper than he has been to start any uh, of his most recent seasons, especially since moving you know to the Knights as a full time one or six. At six hundred k, you get him at a fair bit of a discount, and and that comes on the back of just having a bit of an up and down year. The Knights were okay, you know, coming in a seventh or eighth last year, um, and he had a very much interrupted uh, preseason. So he come he came in what around three or four last year, uh, missed a few games or miss and obviously missed the entire preseason. And for him and any player, what we know is that's actually so important. Having that preseason just to just to get your body right, get the combinations right. You can see that you know guys can come back pretty clunky if they haven't um, you know participated in a lot of the team drills and a lot of the teamwork uh, that goes into that preseason, and and possibly a little bit underdone in terms of fitness as well. And Pong is going to have a complete full preseason. So every chance he comes out firing, and, and we've seen him, you know, even even those you know when he's, his first couple of games back. He did have a, a really high score in there as well, so he can do it. Obviously, he's a bit of he's a freak of a player, so he can do it at any time. But for Pongo, I can see him being an 800k keeper, like he has, like he was the season before. So there's every chance that he can get back to that. 
My worry with him is the Knights team as a whole. He's going to have to do a lot by himself and the uh, the change in the tackle breaking rule uh, where you only get two points. So he's someone that does break a fair few tackles um, and you know with their possibility of a lack of, of scoring potential, which we'll talk about in, you know, in, in with, uh, with Pierce leaving uh, the Knights to go overseas. You, they're, the, they're probably the possible downsides to him is that the Knights don't score as well. Um, and something with the tackle breaks, but also the fact that he, he's going to get a, a, the odd you know, couple of points a game, two to four, I'd say, a game uh, for getting out of um, getting out of trouble out of the out of the end goal to get that two points. So something to think about with him. All right, Clifford at five hundred twenty-one k comes in an interesting price, but you know for him he's moved over from the Cowboys to the Knights in round thirteen last year and was fairly consistent in the in the forties there, a couple of thirties, a couple of sixties, uh, and a seventy-five with a try there. Uh, for him, he does kick a fair bit in general play, and with Pierce out of out of that side, obviously he he missed the the majority of um of those games. You can see from round thirteen there all the way down to round twenty one, you see there's a big jump in his kick meters on the right there. He's sitting somewhere between three hundred and and six hundred and sixty five as his range, but you know in the three hundreds is very normal. As a five eight though, when he when he um, you know, was was not in control of the kicking as much. You see the last few games there, 205, 206, 85, and 216. So the question's going to be who plays next to Clifford? Is it going to be Adam Clune? Is Clune going to take the majority of the kicking? You know, when Clune's played for the Dragons in the past, with, before he moved over, he's not someone that kicked a lot. It's like he'd obviously have the odd game where he would. But I, I can personally see them sharing the kicking duties. And obviously with the new kicking rule in terms of dividing by 30, um, so it's basically one, um, you know, a point, sorry, a point every thirty kick meters. That drops that that importance down a little bit. But again, you know, halves in this Knights team are they going to perform really well? Are they, you know, are they as a team going to be a top eight team? Are they going to be an eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh kind of team? They all these are all questions that need to be answered. And, and for him, the the worry, the little bit of a worry is the tackling. So you look at a, a bunch of his games here. There's a lot of games of you know, there's one game with zero and the well two games with zero and the rest of them are two to seven in terms of missed tackles and a lot of like three to five in there. And that's, it's a fair bit, especially when you're, you're not someone that dominates, um, dominates the kicking. You're not making 25 tackles like a DCE or only those types of players does. Doesn't run the ball a lot. He's sort of around that 50 average there. Um, did kick some goals at that point and, and will he do that going forward? I'm not exactly sure. Will Ponga you know, take that? Will he not? Um, these are all questions that would need to be answered. I'd be looking in the, in the preseason uh, trial games to, to find out what um what's going to happen with him, and then we'll move to we'll move to Clune, who's uh, obviously the uh, the other option there. In Adam Clune, moving over from the Dragons, and again moving over from a team that wasn't that great in its own right, he moves to a Knights team that's solid. And you can look at yeah some of the games where he's had kick meters, um, obviously a bunch of series on the interchange and didn't come on and play that key, uh, that half role. But he's got games in there in you know, around 150 is a, is a standard, and then a bunch of two, uh, games in the 200. So I can see him, you know, definitely sharing that role. For me, I don't see enough upside at 371. If he was a basement price or somewhere under 300k, then I'd see him as being someone that had a little bit of upside moving to the Knights if he was to get that starting seven role. But that's um, definitely something that we're going to have to follow over the preseason as well. Is he going to be someone that's going to be um, kicking in general play? Is he? Is he going to improve his general plays? He's someone that's been solid in, in sort of you know, pl- plugging a role when he played for the Dragons. You can see some okay scores here and there. 
in his 80-minute games at, at halfback, but he's not someone that's going to you know, take the game away from you uh, from a team and pile that 60 to 60 to 80 sort of random fantasy score on. You can see he hasn't even he scored at 50 once um, in his time playing. There's a 49 in there, and then a few 40s when he's had pretty solid games with, with minimal uh, missed tackles and kicking for a couple hundred metres. So, yeah, Clune's somewhere there at 370 that I think is someone just to, just to look at. He's owned by 3.5% of teams at the moment, just more based on the fact that he probably will get the starting spot um, and is you know fairly cheap. But I do see a lot of decent half options this year, so he might not be one that we have to, to look at there. Okay, we'll move on to the Titans, and someone that's very, very interesting for a lot of teams is Toby Sexton. So 600K, though, he's obviously had a really good effort last year to get his price that high just from playing a, a certain group of games. And owned at 4.5%, I see him as being a, a guy that's going to score really well. Um, is he going to be worth that 600K price tag on the back of four games? So that's the, that's the big thing to, to question there. Look, there's every chance that he could live up to that. He could also exceed it. He could become a keeper. But that's definitely something to think about, right? So he's he's came in with with three of those games there. He's got four goals, five goals, and five goals. So obviously having that part of his game is going to be helpful as well, just to add to it. But that what that also means is though, those are three games that they've played really well and scored a bunch of tries, right? He did score a try in one of them and got a, a try assist in each of the other two. If you have some of those normal games, which you see here in that first uh, in that last one that he played, where he got forty. In that uh, in that eighty minute effort, that included one goal, obviously, and a couple extra missed tackles and a few less kick meters when they didn't play as well, right? So just think of that: is he going to be a player that can get you between seventy and ninety, and then get you a thirty to forty some weeks? That's something that maybe we have to look at with him. Um, but in general, it's good to see that he can uh, he can tackle fairly well. Had a twenty four and four uh, ratio there, tackles to to missed tackles. If you're uh, playing along on the podcast, we've got a game there with 34 tackles for one miss, which is really, really cool. Uh, so no, no, nothing crazy out of his four games in terms of missed tackles. So he can hold his own. He doesn't mind running the ball. Kick, kick meters were not as high as you would think in that time, which also means you know him playing with, um, with Ash Taylor on, on, on his left-hand side there. They were splitting the kick meters, and I don't see Brimson kicking as much. So I can probably see a little bit of an increase in the kick meters, but if you take into account the reduction of the points... In terms of getting, uh, you know, in terms of getting, sorry, one point for every twenty or, or one point for every thirty, I feel like that won't change too much. I can see him averaging somewhere between the three to four hundreds in kick meters, um, but he just has to come out and dominate like he, he did in that in those first few games last year. And, and will he be able to do that in a Titans team that are still finding their way, but they're nowhere, nowhere near a top four side at this day, top four or five. Um, if you're basing you know what they did last year uh, coming into this year, I don't see much movement in that top five. So. Will he be able to live up to that? That's got to be the question that you ask yourself if you're looking to pick up him at 600K. Other guys we'd like to mention, obviously, Jaden Campbell, very electri- electrifying player coming into the into the game last year. So took over from Brimson at the, at, the, at the fullback spot. And for me with him, he's probably a little bit too expensive to start with. He obviously got you know, the, the good, a good effort in the back half um, of the season to, to come in and, and score pretty well, play pretty well there. Um, just yeah, at 550k, I just don't think there's enough upside. I can see him scoring, you know, a bunch of games under that price tag, you know, a few games in the 20s to 30s, and then have his odd game in, at, the, at the 70 mark. But I just don't see him averaging too much more 
than than forties at this stage. But again, we'll have to see uh, his improvement over the preseason and those um, trial games, which is going to be ever so important. But a five hundred fifty k, I think there's going to be better options when you can go up a little bit higher to a Pap, for example. Um, or a Ponga, these kind of guys that have the runs on the board, where Campbell doesn't have that yet. He's, you know, we're basing it off potential for Jaden Campbell. Brimson at 500k, looks like he's going to move to the six roll. And for me, I don't see him kicking too much in general play. I don't see his like his attacking potential is going to be solid. But I'd say that Fafita's going to, I don't know if Fafita moves to the right hand side, which side is he going to be on? Is he going to be left or right? Um, you're looking at the types of players that are going to be on his left side. You've got, you know, you got Corey Thompson out there. He's going to be pretty solid. Brian Kelly. So there's definitely some options there for him to get some um, some good ball out to those guys for tri-assist and even you know, dummy, dummy and go and, and, and play a little bit more of that like Jack Whiten role, I think would be Brimson's goal there with, his, with that pace to burn. Um, he's going to have to do a lot more tackling. So again, we're going to have to see how all this plays out because we haven't really seen him in this role before. Will he be able to... You know, make 20 tackles for two misses or one miss. Will he, you know, is that something he'll be able to do? I'm not exactly sure at this stage, but hey, it's there. What's going to happen? We don't know. But if I run a K, I'm willing to wait and, um, and, and let that one through. The, let that one go through the keeper, let's say that, for the Titans. But that, that should be a solid side this year and, and a team to, to look out for. But moving along to the Dragons, and there's a few guys here we ha- that are of interest to me. And Jack Bird's one of them. So that, that center and edge duel coming into the season, which is pretty solid. And there's a good chance that he does end up playing in the back row. He played at the back end of last year. And the reason they, well, from what I presume, the reason they kept him in the centres at the start of the season, because he hadn't played for a couple of years. And also the fact that Bird looked like uh, said that he wanted to play in the centres and, and felt a little bit more comfortable there. So I think that was the smartest idea. And, and he was amazing out in the centres there, being a keeper for the entire year. So he was great. If he moves to the edge position, whether it's a, a second row role or a lock role, I could see him obviously being super consistent. And and this here would would put him into that keeper center bracket, in, you know, a position that's really hard to get players that are super consistent. And um, I definitely think that Bird can be that guy, and he could average that sort of mid forties, I'd say, which is nothing, you know, not too much of a an upgrade on price to where he is right now. But to have a keeper in that in that position. They can move to the centres and score well if you need. I think um, yeah, that versatility is going to be really important uh, with that dual as well, centre and edge. There'll be a couple of guys that come up to the year that'll be doing that. So you'll be able to have that dual position flexibility as well. So that's that with that one. We're going to move to Sullivan now. And he's someone that looks like he should be able to uh, lock down a spot in that halves pairing now that we have Corey Norman out of the side. So for, for Sullivan, he's, he's been someone that we've uh, spoken about uh, a fair bit on this channel, but also just in, in footy circles uh, for a couple of years now. And, and he came onto the scene as a young fella, uh, had that one game, uh, sorry, two ga- uh, one game at the back end of 2020, where he picked up 54 uh, with with only one try assist and just, just really good base stats. The question mark with him now, as you can see, there's a couple of games there last year, twenty around 20, around 23, where he had 25 tackles for nine misses and 32 tackles for eight. So is that going to be something that's fairly regular? You look at the games last year, and had a low uh, game of two missed tackles and then two, two other games with three. And it's just not good enough. Like for, if we want to be picking him up at a price point of 475, then we're looking for him to be getting in, in between 40s and 50s um, and even a chance of becoming a keeper. And if he has those kind of numbers, there's no chance he's going to be a keeper with you know, having, a, having Ben Hunt as, as half. Like he, you know, he's not going to kick enough meters to, to do really well, I don't think. You know, if, if Ben's there, they, they're probably going to split a little bit of the role. I'd see somewhere between, you know, seventy kick meters and one hundred and fifty to two hundred for him, 
Uh, so he's going to have to do really well on the attacking side of things, and I just don't see the upside at this point with Sullivan. But again, we'll have to see what the roles are during the trials and see if um, if he can end up with some uh, you know, a really good opportunity there. But the one of interest for me is is Teletai Amone at 17.5%. So again, if he starts, the majority of people are going to have him in their side, and, and that's just more based on the fact of what he did at the back end of last season. He was actually really, really solid um, really, really solid player there. I, I really liked watching him come out and do his thing. And, and you know, to, to have a couple of games at the end there, if you just look at the last two games, he picked up 37 and also 33. At the 5-8th position, one with one with the try assist. And, and the other's just base. You know, 18 tackles in both of them for three misses, two misses. Runs the ball well, which is great. So you're going to be able to get those offloads, those tackle breaks and, and possible tries from that. But 260 kick metres, 197. So nothing too crazy in that. And just some very simple games. And if he can score in the mid-30s, he's going to make some cash. With the odd, you know, the odd game where he picks up a couple of tackle breaks, a try, a try assist, something like that. He you know, picked up 40 off the interchange as well. And then he has a bunch of other games where he's uh, very little in terms of scoring. There's also the possibility that he plays centre. And if that's the case, then you have one, uh, sorry, two games there. Uh, at Sendai, one with 15 points and one with 23. So nothing uh, nothing too exciting. Obviously, a little bit more exposed on the tackling side of things. 19 tackles for seven misses, 14 for six in those two games, and didn't get to run the ball too much. So if he ends up playing in center, I'd probably would avoid him uh, for that point. But if you're moving him on uh, into the halves at any point, and you know, if there's an injury to a Ben Hunt, for example, and a Sullivan and a Mone, then I think that he would be a really good pickup, and you, know, you might be able to get him at the same price or maybe slightly cheaper if he doesn't score as well in the center. So that's um, that's that one with the Dragons. And our last one we'd talk about is uh, is Mitch Moses, and, and a 630k there in the halves position for the Eels. We're gonna uh, we did see an up and down year for him the year before. So there has been times in the past where he's. Yeah, you know, the year before especially he became uh, you know an eight hundred k seven hundred fifty k keeper. So there's a chance that he does that again. But yeah, you know, he had a bit of an injury interrupted season, the odd head knock as well, um, some calf issues. So he did he was on and off and, and had some lower games in amongst some good ones. So that's what you know that's the reason you get this lower price point. Um, someone that I think is very interesting at that price was also a bunch of other guys uh, in a similar price position at a similar price point that could be a better option for your side. So that's my thoughts around those four teams, guys. The Eels team is pretty well set. There are not too many changes. There are going to be a few after this year. Um, guys like Reed Marnie and stuff are going to be really, really solid options as keepers, but their their roles aren't going to change too much and, and their prices are, are pretty well set. Like a Reed Marnie, you, you're picking him up straight as a keeper, so I don't see much... Um, yeah, further to talk about him at this stage of the season. This is just going to be around those interesting guys. And if there's anyone I missed, guys, just let me know um, in the comments. I'm happy to to jump in and, and, and talk about them in there. I can, you know, it's very, very, very early in the season. I know I did miss, um, who did I miss the last one? Bloor. Sean Bloor. I didn't talk about him in the last one. It just, it, didn't have him in any projected um, starting lineups or anything. So um, once we once we know any further about him, if he ends up being in a starting lineup, for example, then of course then he's going to be a pretty good option with with the uh, the kind of our scoring output that he put up last year. But yeah, just let me know, guys, if I've missed anyone. If there's anyone you want me to talk about, um, there's going to be a lot a lot of videos coming up over the next few months uh, leading up to the start of the season. But as always, guys, hope you enjoy that, and we'll catch you in the next one. See you later.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.